Every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. In three days, the NFL Draft will be here. Soon after that, Todd McShay can focus on golf and intensive parenting. Mel can retire to the shore for a summer of tanning. And you can go back to being an executive. (laughs) I can go back to being Making laws around here. (laughs) Go buy some more sport coats. But until then, uh, I don't buy the sport coats, Todd. I have a sport coat guy. Oh, okay. Until oh, he's then, a, he's got a handler, Todd. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what happens, Mel. Until then, we still have the NFL draft to deal with. Our final podcast before we head to Chicago. Uh, Mel, does Gruden's bus just come by and grab you and then head there? No, Kim and I are actually getting on a plane tomorrow. Can you believe it? Yeah, pretty big time. Yeah, it's big time. So it's it's uh, national news when I get on a plane. It's like what three times a year. So we're going to do that tomorrow. How uh, many drafts does she come to? I didn't get old. My wife came to one. She was my girlfriend at the time. She hasn't come again. Kim, really? Kim yeah. didn't come last year, Todd, and Mel was just off. You know, you could tell he was just something was off there, Mel. Don't you think she she's got to be know. there? I don't know. Lawrence coming out too, so I mean it's going to be nice to have like, you know, Denise and Mike are coming in, so we're going to have the whole family there, Todd. No, you got to get low, and well, you get Tate and uh, Alaire got to be coming at some point. Lawrence yeah, like started coming when she now. was. I think Lawrence started coming when she was like ten, maybe. Yeah, so I mean, we got a long way to go before yeah. that. <laughs> I, I hope so. My son would ruin the draft. Two thousand uh, what? Two thousand and twenty-six. The McShays will all be in wherever, yeah, right? Exactly. We don't know where it'll be, but it'll be somewhere. So recently, <laughs> recently I took to uh, I found out that Todd McShay apparently publishes uh, pieces online, ranks prospects, does all this stuff, and he had a good one today where he went through superlatives. I'll know? leave you alone, Spro. Most underrated, most overrated, biggest arm. You got that draft tracker up, though? That's that's on your website? All kinds of things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, you know, we could we could whip a podcast out of this. And it is actually good. I keep hearing uh, – I get a lot of hate tweets just in a regular week. I get a lot more during the draft uh, basically based around uh, – yeah, we've, you, we've heard about these guys a lot. I You know, I know all about Goff and Wentz. So g- give me some new names – I think this has a chance to give us some new names. I, I, I certainly read some new names when I read this piece by Todd McShay at ESPN.com. So, Todd, given that it is your piece, maybe you can get Mel into the spirit of the thing. We're going to go through some superlatives. Right now, I have written down most underrated, most overrated, fastest rising, could tumble, pound for pound, best athlete, most pro-ready, most physical. I, I got even more after that. And I, I think you can kick us off here. Who is the most underrated prospect in this entire draft? I went with three guys. Jarrell <laughs> Adams. I'm, I'm Kuipering it. Jarrell Adams. 14 guys. Jarrell Adams, tight end from South Carolina. Maybe the third, fourth tight end taken. Ran the fastest 40 time of the, of the tight ends. Explosive. He's one of the guys that can actually separate with his feet. And I like his blocking effort. Put on 20-plus pounds. And he's getting bigger and stronger. And I think he's, his best football is still ahead of him. Adam Gotsis. Mel, love this guy. He's a probably a round three pick, could wind up going a little bit earlier, three-four defensive end that is 
scheme versatile, played Australian rules his, his entire life, didn't come to America until he enrolled at Georgia Tech, and was highly productive throughout his career. Last three years, 26 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, and he got injured against Virginia. He's been quiet during the pre-draft process, but don't be surprised if Gotsis comes off the board uh, pretty early on day two. And then Justin Simmons from Boston College, workout warrior, great leader at the safety position. I think that uh, he's gaining some traction and could wind up in that third, fourth round range. Very good. You got anything for us, or are you just going to listen? Who's the most underrated player in the draft? Miles, the host, he's got to lead oh, into that. I mean, usually, you just you, you got to do more radio, Todd. You got to do more radio. You get used to this stuff. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> You're so official, Mel. <laughs> got to be. It's like a radio show, podcast, whatever. But no, I think Kentrell Brothers uh, would be the lead guy for me. Uh, every time you watch him, and Todd says, "Hey, you know, watch the tape." Uh, the kid's all over the field, and yeah, he's six foot and change. He's 245 pounds. Now he ran nearly four nine at the combine, but he ran runner better at his pro day. He's a pretty good athlete, and he's just he's a guy that plays four six, runs four nine. So I'd rather have that than the four six who plays four nine. So I'll take Kentrell Brothers and another guy that plays faster than he times, and he's a good route runner. He's got good hands as Rashard Higgins at Colorado State. Liked what I saw him when you watched him, when you watched him run, not as impressive. Four six guy, you know, 32 and a half vertical. People say, hey, that's not that great with some real good receivers in the NFL right now. The only vertical 32-33. So I liked him. I'll tell you, you know, and I've talked to um, Sproul a lot about Sua Cravens. I think Sua Cravens with his versatility will be a good player. And Javon Hargrave of the 1AA guys, for what he did postseason, you can get a little lost in the shuffle with all these defensive tackles that are in a strong class. And if he gets into the fourth round, I think he'd provide pretty good value and be underrated. One, one other name. I'm just talking to guys over the weekend, getting ready for this week. One name that kept coming up at the cornerback position, I'm actually looking on my sheet right now, um, Ryan Smith from North, North Carolina, Carolina Central. Central. Yeah. We have a third, fourth, well, we have a fourth round grade on him. I heard he could go on day two. And it was from three different people, three separate conversations, just asking where, where I thought he would go. I thought that was interesting. Well, when we get the hot, when he's get gets picked, Todd, you make sure you do the highlights. Okay, that's your guy now. You just you just, I just brought up I Ryan just cemented Smith. him. I got gotcha. you. Right now, let's face it. The guy's almost five eleven. He ran exceptionally well at the combine. Really strong, eighteen reps, and a real good athlete. So uh, there's a kid that uh, for the one double A ranks uh, has the measurables and uh, to go as you said, second or hey, third, uh, fourth Casey round. Casey Kasem. One one way to create a visual in the. In the listener's mind, Mr. Radio Guy, is when you say the player, say the school. Kentrell Brothers went to? Mizzou. Okay, good. Glad we got that one out there. Well, it's better not mentioning the name at all, which I did during our radio show. Yeah, Tyler Higby. Yeah. 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 So, uh, nice, nice competition there. Uh, Todd had three underrated. Mel, of course, countered with four. And then Todd came back with a guy from North Carolina Central. That's exactly how I expected this to go. Most overrated players in the draft. Mel, get us started. All right. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Todd, knows I think he's overrated for where he's going to be drafted. I mean, I don't have any problem with the defensive coordinator saying, hey, uh, we want this guy. We have to have this guy. Uh, I'll say, hey, make him a great pass rusher, which he is not right now. He's not a point of attack guy. You know, to me, he's more finesse than power. And he's, he's got a lot to learn. First thing I read him. this morning, Mel, I, I wake up, I roll right. over, I pick up my phone, which is buzzing. I have one of nine alarms uh-huh. going off. Wow. And I, the first email I read is from the 9 a.m. Sports Center producer saying, hey, um, Mel really wants to talk about 
uh, Floyd really likes Floyd, thinks he's rising. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, see, Here we go. That's what you don't understand that the topic. It said rising players. It didn't say I love them. No, it I said know. they're rising. I know. It, it, it got me out of bed quickly, I'll say that. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's where we got to define what we're talking about. And if you say rising, Leonard Floyd is rising. He could go fifth to Jacksonville. Yeah, he's he's but, the hottest name in the draft right now. Yeah, that's why he's overrated, right? Okay? In All my right. opinion. Then you go to Kevin Dodd. One-year wonders I'm a little leery of. Defensive end from Clemson. Clemson defensive linemen have not fared well for whatever reason in the NFL. I think Andrew Billings, Baylor, is going to be a little overdrafted. Uh, I mean, I mean yeah. he made some strides as a passer. I saw a little bit more of Billings getting in the backfield. I love the straight line speed and all that, but he's got to be more disruptive on a regular basis. I think he'll be a little overdrafted. And I think Paxton Lynch, we've talked about him, love his physical ability. Hope he gets three years to evolve, but if he doesn't, uh, he's boom or bust, and I think he will be overdrafted for where I have him on the board right now. Todd? Um. I agree on a couple of those, but I'll, I'll say one more name that I would go with is uh, Ashawn Robinson, Alabama defensive tackle. I, I just I see flashes and I get the size and the speed, but he's a former basketball player and he's got a little bit too much basketball in his football game. If it's the best way I can put it, I think he's got a little stiffness too. I think he's a he played a three four defensive end there, also some three technique defensive tackle, and I just I don't know how you use him and get the most out of him. I think his motor was it was okay for most of the part, but then he would just kind of disappear for some small spurts, which you don't want to see, especially for a guy that's rotating on as deep a defensive line as, as Alabama had. Very talented. And if, if motivated and if coached properly, he's got a chance to be a good player at the next level. But I, I'm, I'm seeing people talk about him as the top defensive tackle or a top 15 pick. And I, I just don't, I don't see that kind of ability and that kind of production on the field. Todd, from your scouting standpoint, I've heard this a lot about a few different players. When you call a Sean Robinson, you say he's stiff, lower he's body stiff, stiffness. Lower half. Tell, tell the listener what you're talking about, what you see for a big guy. He's fast on a line and he, when you watch him play, he's, he's got quick hands he can be very disruptive, but when you got when you have lower body stiffness, first of all, there's a tendency to r- let your pads rise quickly, and when your pads rise, lose you, you lose your leverage, yeah. and you create a big target for the offensive lineman to, to work you with his hands. And then the second part, usually, if you don't have good bend, you know, knee bend, ankle bend, you you lack flexibility, and you struggle with quick redirecting laterally. So mm-hmm. there's a couple things that come into play with that, and and I think it's going to be a challenge for Robinson at the next level. Todd, you can get this one kickoff. And we mentioned Leonard Floyd for both of you guys, but the fastest risers. Now, again, to Mel's point, this doesn't mean guys that you're pounding the table for. These are just guys you're talking to people, and you're like, wow, I didn't know that guy could go that high. Yeah, Floyd's one of them. I'll be shocked if he gets out of the top ten. Artie Burns, the cornerback from Miami. I love the name. Is... To me, one of the the kind of a late riser in that we always thought maybe second day and still could be. Still could be one of the first maybe 10, 12 picks of the second round. It won't shock me, though, if he winds up going late in the first. We've got a few teams that need cornerback in that back end, including a team like Pittsburgh. Um, I just I think that he he fits the bill and could wind up right there. We, we've talked about Jalen Ramsey. We know uh, Vernon Hargraves is one of the names that you're starting to hear fall, and I think to me, it, it, it makes sense. He may just be a nickel corner, and he's a good player, but the lack of elite size, elite speed, elite length, it's concerning. So he may fall a little bit to that 10-20 range. And I think William Jackson the third 
is a really good player that could be the second corner off the board, and then Eli Apple as well. So the fifth corner would be, in my opinion, Artie Burns, and that could be late in the first round. Nick Martin, he's a Notre Dame guy, so I'll let you talk about him, Mel, if you want. The center from Notre Dame, I think limited athletically and physically, but the guy shows up, he's consistent, and he may be the second center off the board on day two. And then Alex Lewis is another name that has it consistently been part of conversations of guys wanting to know where I thought players were coming off the board. The Nebraska offensive tackle could be after we talked about the four with Tunsil and, and um, Stanley and Decker and Conklin. Jermaine Effetti is a right tackle guard that could come off the board right after that. And then everyone's talked about Spriggs, Jason Spriggs from Indiana. Don't be surprised if Alex Lewis is the sixth offensive tackle taken. That was a Kuiper-like run there. Sorry wow. about that. Wow. Any, I mean, pl- I, any I, players I, left? I've no? been bumped for Brady and Manziel and everything. Wow. I've, I've got a lot of energy. Todd, on, now, on Jackson, though, Todd, you have him rising, but you also like him. You took him 20th in the uh, Sports Center special the other night. William Jackson III? Yes. Yes. Okay. I like him, and I think, I think he's rising a little bit. Yeah. Mel, who's rising? Well, Todd had mentioned him as underrated. I know his fast rising is Justin Simmons. I mean, I think he could be the third safety drafted. He could be a second-round draft choice very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think here's a kid who has size, speed, athletic ability, was productive, could tackle. And he's I, overrated. I think, who's the most overrated? Simmons? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I had him on the underrated, but second round's rich. But I hear I you. I think he, he is. Goes, he's moving up. Yeah, I don't think he gets out of the second round. I've heard that from several people I've spoken to you know, in the last couple of days. And a local kid, I'll tell you, i got to put that fence around Maryland and never let McShay in here because <laughs> – I tell you, last year we hit the jackpot with a lot of guys, and I think there's two Maryland kids, two Baltimore kids. Mm, love those Baltimore kids. Adrian Amos for the win. Yep. Hey, Adrian played against this one, and it was Cyrus Jones, and wow. he's going to go second round, Todd. I think it's a I little rich for my blood. Ago, no. Month. Huh? I told you that a month ago. I, I just don't see it. I love Cyrus. I, I, I get you. I, I like thought he's more third, but yeah, I think second he's a good little high. player, man, and but can the, return. What help, that's what helps him. Best mm-hmm. return man in, in, in the draft, so that's going to help him. And another guy from Baltimore, Charles Tapper, uh, is a kid out of Oklahoma. Hmm, Oklahoma. You could yeah. say he's a workout Heavy-handed, warrior. man. Heavy-handed, uh, strong hey, kid. He is a kid who could go third round, so yep. maybe even late second, early to mid-third. I've heard uh, third. Yeah, so I think Tapper, Jones, I'll tell you, Xavier Howard, the corner from Baylor, I wouldn't be shocked, Todd, to see him late first, early second round. Now, a lot of talk about Howard from Baylor. Xavier Howard and Artie Burns, I think, we, you know, you've taught, you guys have both mentioned Burns as a guy who could go in, you know, the late first round for a while now. But both of those guys kind of falling as we see Hargraves drop a little bit. Those are the guys with the elite measurables at corner that seem to be rising. Yeah, they have the, the height and the length, and I think yeah. that's what people look for. And, and then we get into the tumbler, and I, I guess uh, Todd that's mentioned nice him. I'll start transition. it off, Todd. The tumbler is Vernon Hargraves. I don't know where he's going to go right now. Uh, people now uh, you know, are you talk about the lack of length of the shores. We talked about everything about him over these podcasts over the last month. I mean, he could drop into the late first round. So, uh, And I don't know if he gets past there or how far he can go even into the early second. I'll put, still put him in the first. I took him in the middle of the first when we did our, our uh, draft. But his uh, stock has certainly – I could see four corners going before Vernon Hargraves, possibly. Uh, with William Jackson the third, Howard we mentioned, Artie Burns you mentioned, Todd. So uh, I think Vernon Hargraves is going to have to wait a while for his name to be called. Mel, at what point, just to this point on Hargrave, at what point does he get drafted and you just have to sit there and say, that's a steal? 
Depends if you like him. See, it's not a steal if they, if they have questions about what kind of player he'll be. So uh, if he goes late first, uh, you know, who would grab him there? The teams looking for big corners won't. So will Pittsburgh pass on him? Will Seattle pass on him? we got three teams looking for wide receivers. Wow. Redskins Seattle's just, uh, Redskins I mean, just gave a, a ton of money uh, to, uh, you know, to a free agent out there that came in late, uh, Josh Norman. So they don't, they're not taking a corner at 21. So when you, Kansas City, another corner, maybe. They took one last year. Uh, you know, it's Carolina could at 30, um, but there's a chance if he starts sliding, that slide could go mean he's still there on day two. Yeah, I, I mentioned Hargraves earlier, too. Mackenzie Alexander, again, based off of just kind of what I believe is the public perception, and he's a good football player, uh, but he never, you know, no interceptions, doesn't have elite traits, and I think when you when you watch Alexander, you see a guy that you know probably belongs in day two, and that's where I think he'll get drafted. But there was so much hype for for Alexander as a first round pick, and then Malik Collins is another one. I I think there's ability there. I I, I don't know. I mean, we covered him early in the season last year. It appeared he was a little bit maybe overweight. He didn't seem to be as sudden as he was earlier in his career. But then I watched the end of the season. And the Iowa tape was the best tape I watched of him. It's like every game I watched, it got a little bit better. We covered him early in the year, Nebraska against BYU. Um, and then I watched the tape against Miami, and I thought he struggled in that game. And I, I watched him then later in the year. And that Iowa tape, he was all over the all over the field. But he has explosive qualities in him. I just didn't see consistency out of him. And uh, a guy that was talked about potentially as a first-rounder with this deep of a defensive tackle class may wind up – Still being on the board in round three. I like this one because it could be, you know, a Robert Camdichi. It could be a Jalen Ramsey. Mel, start us. Who, pound for pound, our boxing category here. Pound for pound, who's the best athlete in this draft? You know, there's some good ones. Uh, yeah, you normally go to the defensive backs. We got some some outside backers uh, that are could pass rushers potentially. Daddy Nicholas, great athlete. Travis Feeney, Washington. Uh, we know about Jalen Ramsey. Justin Simmons. Great athlete with a 41 vertical title, I believe, at the Combine. Daniel Lasco, very good athlete, running back out of Cal. Yeah. Corey Coleman, pound per pound. You can't question Corey Coleman's athletic ability. He can fly, and he's gifted. He can really jump. Out of the, and Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, Oklahoma, is a heck of an athlete. So uh, those are some guys that I think uh, athletic ability-wise are through the roof. Here's the ones I ranked, seven of them, Mel, and you've named most of them, and we've named almost every single one so far. Laramie Tunsil tackled Mississippi, I think, number one. Mm-hmm. 300-plus pounds, twitchy. Jalen Ramsey, phenomenal athlete. Corner, safety, whatever you want to call him, Florida State. Jalen Smith, obviously the injury is there, but his tape, I thought, and just combine, combine the athleticism, I, I think he's one of the best athletes in this class. Miles Jack, same deal. Leonard Floyd, we talked about a fast riser. Justin Simmons, look at his workout numbers. I mean, the guy's a good athlete on tape, and then you look at this, the combination of numbers for him. It's through the roof. And then Lasco, as you mentioned before, lower body explosiveness, four four six in the 40. All of his numbers were outrageous. Why well, no Darren Lee for both of you? He's right there. He's a really he? good athlete. Yeah, yeah. No, he should. He probably he should have been on that list. Good, yeah, with the good four catch. four three. But you, you know, we've crowd. talked a lot about the guys. We try. I think we try to get in a little few guys that really haven't been discussed at all. That uh, the listeners can say, hey, okay, if this guy goes, it's because you know they are off the charts. And Lasko's tape. I liked Lasko's tape coming in this past year. He was injured and just wasn't himself all year in 2015, but 2014, I think we gave him a third, fourth-round grade. Cynthia Freeland, who we all respect, I had her opinion. She does a great job with the analytics of all these draft choices and all the sports. Cynthia loves Lasko, thinks he could be a real good back. I think she had him going in like the third or fourth round. She has a board now? Apparently. 
everybody's got a board. And, and uh, Cynthia's board at least has a different rationale, yeah. which is great like to that. compare and contrast because we look at it different than Cynthia does, and she's got a great opinion. You know, the one thing that stands out here when we talk about pound-for-pound pound best athletes, you got you mentioned Corey Coleman, uh-huh. but it's it's not that class for wide receivers. You know, the big ones aren't super fast. The small ones, you know, you ex- they have to be pretty fast. Coleman is, but generally speaking, there isn't that crazy, you know, combo at wide receiver this year. And, it, you know, class is just down. Mel. Amen. Most pro-ready player in this draft right now? I've said it all along, Todd. I don't know if you can guess who I'm going to say because uh, I think, Sproul, you've heard this name a lot, and I think he's probably the safest pick in the draft. Very Conklin. few. Yeah, Jack Conklin. Where do you find a hole with this? I've heard – I still hear people say – How about well, how about how he's able to – it's still a left tackle that you, you're saying you need to move to right tackle. So does that take do at you least have a to, point though? off? Do you, I'm, I, don't I don't know, know if you I have to. I don't know that you have to. The way Mel talks about him the last week, you put him as high as seven in the head-to-head. Why would you draft him that high? Actual question. I'm not just bothering well, he you. Does Why would you draft thing. him that high if you got to move him? Well, he, do, he don't have to move him. He does one thing and nobody does. Everybody catches. He attacks. And these linemen that just catch, catch, catch. He's an attacker. He's a guy that could have played in the 60s, 70s, 80s and been great. Can he so, play in the uh, 2016 season? Well, it's the one, he's one of the reasons why. Like, the, Remember the, the when Emmett Smith and Moose Johnson get the fullback back in the NFL, please? And we got some this year that should be drafted. 90s. Hopefully <laughs> they will. But when you had Eric Williams and you had Stepnoski and Larry Allen, those were that's football. And I think Jack Conklin, the meat Todd, he just brings back the good old days of football not this seven on seven crap okay i want football i want a guy that's going to bloody your nose is going to come out and attack you like you're going to attack him and all these passive linemen i get sick and tired of watching it i want to see an offensive tackle who will bloody the nose of a defensive lineman and that's jack conklin so if you need a third in a yard and you're in your own 38 yard line normally you're going to get it stuffed but with conklin if he can rub off one of the other four guys maybe now we can convert third and ones not throw the ball from the one yard line okay one-yard touchdown passes disgust me. Okay, Troy Aikman said he never threw one. So uh, I think Conklin will help you become a physical, beat the hell out of the guy I in think front Sproud of you. I think, that, I think Sproud just poked the bear, man. I love I think, it. Uh, well, a lot of what you described just sounds like a 15-yard penalty, man. What did, what did I, what did I, I say? I want a guy that's going to bloody the nose. What did I say to you the other day? It's, be, it's becoming an unhealthy obsession. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love your love for Conklin. Uh, He's pro. I don't hey, know what that Mel. means. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, got, I got caught. Basically, what I just heard was, I know he's pro ready. I just don't know which decade he's pro ready for. <laughs> yeah, uh, any decade. Okay. Pro ready. I Bosa, Reggie Raglan, Keanu Neal. I like that dude, man. He's a little bit of an in the box safety. Yes, he has some uh, some yeah. issues in terms of range. I bought stock on that guy when I was at like five. Yeah, you love like him. 60. I don't have to sell him to you. The two centers, good center class. Ryan Kelly, Alabama. Nick Martin, Notre Dame. I think they're both ready to go. Jordan Payton, a little bit of an underrated player. Who you got him? You're you're on this Payton when he gets. I, now now I know the guys, and I'm going to say Todd, Todd, Todd. take it yep. because I, I, now the Jordan Payton is your guy. You got him. You higher know why? Than because I've, I've covered UCLA a couple times. I've watched his tape, right. obviously, and, and he just he ran faster than I expected. But he he doesn't appear to be the fastest guy or the most explosive athlete, but. Whether it's late separation or finding soft spots in zone, the guy just makes plays. He's you like him better for Shard Higgins, Todd? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. But I like. I think Higgins is a good player too. See, I'd take Higgins over. See, that's our guy. I'll take Higgins. You, all right, you got Higgins. I'll take. I'll yeah, take Peyton. Okay. See you hey, in ten years. 
just to go back to it, just because <laughs> it, we keep we keep not shot? mentioning these guys. Uh-huh. Um, I I'm not even going to mention. I know we have to have Ezekiel Elliott as highly pro ready if he's going to go as high as four, but. Mel, who's the most pro-ready wide receiver? Because it's a group that we're, again, we're just not that excited about this year. Well, I think from a pro-ready standpoint at wide receiver, I think Rashard Higgins is. And I talked about him earlier. I think he's ready Over to go. Over a Treadwell. Well, Treadwell, you know, to me, Treadwell, we'll get to Treadwell. And those are the first rounders. I mean, guys that are away from the round one that uh, have a chance to be, I think, good picks. Tyler Boyd, to me, out of Pittsburgh is pro-ready. Todd mm-hmm. mentioned him today. Aaron Burbridge, coming out of that Michigan State offense, is pro-ready. I think Leontay Carew out of Rutgers mm-hmm. is pro-ready. Josh Dotson, pro-ready. Uh, I think, you know, you look at some of the guys down the line that are, are going to go maybe fourth or fifth round. I don't know where Peyton's coming off the board. I'm not sure about Higgins, maybe fourth round. I think he'd be a nice pick at that particular point of the draft. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that fall into that category this year. Uh, Todd, you got anybody else? Uh, no, I think you mentioned. I mean, Jordan Payton was mine at wide receiver. Okay. And then Mel mentioned the rest of the class. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Mel, who's the, Mel, I know I know we can skip him uh, because he'd be good in most yeah. decades that Jack Conklin would be there. Otherwise, who is the most physical player in this draft? Well, I'll uh, say one. I don't know. I think the most physical player uh, in this draft, you could make a strong argument, is Carl Joseph. When he's healthy, he's out there. And even when he's he's coming back from the injuries, talks tough. Uh, He's got that. I just mentioned him. George Atkinson, Jack Tatum, Oakland Raiders. There we go. I'm sure Al Davis would love if he was here today, and we wish Al Davis was here today. That was a great evaluator and did a great job. He brought that Raider mentality. Uh, that's Carl Joseph. That's that's what he rem- reminds me of, a Raider. Five guys I did. Joseph wow. was one of them. Keanu Neal, another one from Florida, both safeties. Jack Conklin, Mel's boy. I'm afraid to even mention him anymore. Laquan Treadwell, best blocking wide receiver and most physical receiver, I think, in this draft. And then Ezekiel Elliott. Don't forget Ezekiel. He's, I mean, he's Super as physical as I've ever seen at, at the running back position, especially when it comes to run blocking, which we'll do very little of in the NFL, but it speaks to his mentality. I actually thought I haven't heard anybody as excited about kind of just, you know, a, a pretty good guy, but not like a number one pick. I was excited about a player. Mel, tell me if I'm right here. You on Jack Conklin to me, it sounds like Gruden a few years ago on Honey Badger. Or Manziel. Or Manziel. <laughs> At four? I'm, the, I'm already thinking about the Honey Badger here. I'm calling my GM. I'm saying I want a good player. Don't worry. Uh-huh. You take the risk. I'll make him a player. Okay. Mel, favorite player that won't be drafted until day three, your favorite day of the draft? Like seven or eight of them, but I'll, I'll pare it down a little bit here. Thank you. Uh, I, well, we were asked today to give the guy who could be this year's Josh Norman, a fifth-round pick. Remember, Richard Sherman was a fifth-round pick too, but the next Josh Norman out of Coastal Carolina, fifth-round draft choice. And I think James Bradbury out of Samford, big, six-foot and change, 210 pounds, runs a 4-5, Good athlete. I like this tackling when I watch him. I like his ball skills. Uh, he's got the length. He's got everything you want. Tremendously long arms. Love that. I think Bradbury from Sanford would fall into that category. I'll leave you with your, your boy from Western Michigan, Sproul. Uh, I've already mentioned Ken. You know Victor Ochi. We, they, they, I'll do, DeAndre Houston, Carson, William & Mary is another one. The kid from Middle Tennessee State, Kevin Bayard. Safety for middle school. He had that workout and the next, within 24 hours after his pro day workout. He had 15 NFL teams called for private yeah. visits or, or How many workouts. interceptions he have in his career, Todd? 30. 20? 
Seemed like 100. Yeah, seemed like 20-plus. I mean, kid is an interceptor waiting to happen. Uh, he's got great numbers now. He wasn't invited to the combine. No, that's, that's so, what I'm saying. Everyone watched yeah. him at that pro day and said, you know, we got to yeah, get I mean, another yeah, look at this guy. I would guy. say he would be one. Tyler Irvin. Braverman wasn't State. invited to the combine either, Mel. Yeah, your guy was Speaking yeah. of the best players in the draft. Mm-hmm. Mel, who else you got? I just gave him. Yeah, all right. Well, you, you said, said, you said, said he had seven. I, I, hey, hey, Todd. Yes, if sir. I would have said three or four more, Sproul would have said, "What are you?" What are you can, the, I, I Tavon, Tavon Young, Tavon Young, corner go. from Temple. Temple. Yeah. Love that guy. Paul Perkins, running back, UCLA. Love that guy. Physical, blocks, pass pro, catches the ball, plays injured, battles. Um, Kelvin Taylor. Don't love everything I'm hearing, but I like his tape. I like his tape. Bo Sandlin. Intriguing guy on day three in a tight end class that drops off significantly, and our fifth and rising tight end, Tyler Higby, winds up getting arrested for assault. So you got to find another guy. He's interesting. The Harvard tight end. Another, Broniker. Yeah, Broniker. Love some of the things on tape. We call Nasty. Him, Todd, we call him Bronk. Bronk, exactly. Okay. He, he's honored to be, what did he say? He's honored to be compared to Gronkowski on the field, nothing like him off. Um, yeah, those are some some of the names, I think. I, mean, we, I could go on for days. Mel so seemed at guys. a little lost. I'm just going to throw in one other name just because he's fun. <laughs> Rico Mel, Gathers. How about Rico Gathers? No, oh, come he's on. not in here. I'm saying he's a, he's a Mel guy. I know Todd likes him as well, but you were high on Sean Todd, Oakman. Tyler Irvin. I just mentioned uh, him. He just he just said him. I said Tyler Irvin. He did. Yeah, right. Towards the end. He snuck him in. Now, what is, now, let's get to Rico Gathers, Todd. Yes, what sir. Are we, what are we doing with Rico Gathers? Rico Gathers. Going to be in a camp. We'll be in a camp as I would guess a college free agent. Defensive end or tight end? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's worked out as both. He's 6'6", 275, 280. Hey, here's, the, here's my question on Rico Gathers. It, for listeners, we're talking he's a basketball about player basketball Baylor. player from Baylor. Last time he played football, he was in junior high school. But there is some precedent here. Now, Jimmy Graham got a year in, but Julius Thomas, Jimmy Graham, Antonio Gates, it's not like this is something completely out of left no, field. No, not at all. These guys, they can come in. The question here with Rico Gathers is, should he have gone back to Baylor? Probably. But take me inside a draft room here. If every team in the league acknowledges this is a camp guy, a guy you want to bring in, why don't you just take one of those coin flip picks in sixth or seventh and control him? Why don't you just take him? They may. They may. But there are hundreds of players that – People think, hey, they could wind up in a camp. You got to decide which ones are yours. And you know what? You know what's going on right now. A lot of this week, recruiting. Yeah, the guys that are sixth, seventh round picks are college free agents based on your board. Who are the guys that we really like? And let's get to know that. Scouts are private investigators. Yeah. Then talent evaluators, and then the third part of their job this time of year, and really all year long getting to know the kids and trying to build a rapport, is recruiting. And recruiting guys that sometimes you'd rather, as a player, not get drafted in the sixth, seventh round and be able to pick your spot in the situation you, you want. You can make talk. more money that way, too, actually. You, you can if you're yeah. one of the, the few, but yes. Well, yeah. And then how about our well, – let's not get off of this before we mention the German right. receiver who will – I will bet – Moritz Boringer. I, uh, Moritz Boringer. I will bet anyone they want a dinner that he gets drafted. Yep, you'll win that In dinner. Chicago. Yeah. What and just to go dinner? back to Gathers, what helps what Gathers – What helps Gathers, Todd, and Chris. a pizza without cheese. 
is the terrible tight end group. So if you're gonna, if you after the first, you get a lot of H backs. You got a, you know wide receivers who couldn't maybe balk up and be tight ends. You're not gonna find many tight ends in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. They're gonna excite you. So Rico gathers. Hey, if he can catch the ball and if he can't move, put him at defensive end. He seems like he has the attitude. He's been a heck of a player at Baylor on a basketball court. So yeah. You know, hey, if he would have played one year at Baylor and caught 50, 60 balls, Todd, where would he go? Yeah, I mean if. if- if Rico Gathers was was uh, Michael Jordan, he'd be in the NBA. I mean, Jeez. you always take it to a crazy Chicago way. cut. That's where the dinner's going to be. Barry Melrose said wow. that's the place to go. I've got to go. Right. Okay, right. so that was rude, Mel. I, I could uh, probably yeah, tell cigars. It, there, it, too. It was, it was. I'd call that out of line. Yeah, that, it was a that stunt. It was, was a stunt. If Lowe was listening, she'd have questions about that. Yeah, she is. She doesn't like me much right now. Okay, I've been home like four days in the last month. Best hands. In the draft, offensive and defensive. We're talking ball skills. Uh, let's start at wide receiver, Mel. Who are the best <coughs> hands? Best hands in the draft. And you can throw in a running back. I won't, I won't be upset. I won't. I won't. I'll go, I'll go uh, Josh Dotson. Josh Dotson, Jordan Payton, Leonte Carew, Sterling Shepard. UCLA, TCU, Rutgers, Oklahoma, respectively. I'll put my boy Rashard Higgins, Colorado State, in there, too. Okay. Corner? I have him as the number one best route runner. Pure... Mm-hmm. Crafty route runner, Rashad like Higgins. Yep. Followed by Daniel Braverman. Oh. Two of your favorites. A Sproul special. Yep. Yeah. Guys, I was talking about in August. Congrats. Hey, you know, and the defensive backs, uh, oh, we got some guys with some pretty good hands there. Normally, you don't, but you do this year. You, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I like Von Bell, Darian Thompson. Yeah, no, there are some good, It's just Harlan frustrating Miller, some of the best Louisiana. players don't. So, I should say southeastern Louisiana. Got to get that right, Todd. Southeastern yeah. Louisiana. Harlan you wouldn't like me calling you Mel Kipper. Nah, well, you better not. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. <laughs> we get that enough. Guys, we got through 10 of these. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with so far. Got some questions? Got any mailbag stuff? A little dodgy. Yeah, we do have a mailbag. I want to do – I have one more thing just because it has been such a source of intrigue here. I think we know what's going on at one or two. My mailbag question from Sprow in Bristol is – what do we really think is going to happen with the number three pick? Because I think it's all over the place, Todd. I think it's a fantastic question, and I don't honestly have the answer for you. Isn't that amazing? I think it's Ramsey or Tunsil. And I think the common – I mean, you look at it, and it's like, don't they really need a left tackle? And then you've got a player who we thought was going to go one, and the talent is there. But I do know for a fact that at least one team in the league has – Ronnie Stanley from Notre Dame ahead of Laramie Tunsil, which means that they're likely not the only one. Um, and then whether it's Tunsil or Stanley left tackle, does San Diego think that left tackle is important enough to use that pick on it and that they need it that much? So I keep hearing Jalen Ramsey, but I don't, I don't have confirmation yet, Mel. Do you have better info than I do well, what here? What if Miami gave you a blockbuster bonanza of a deal Absolutely. to move from Please. 3 to 13 so they could get Ezekiel Elliott, Miami could away from Dallas? I would do it in a second. Mm-hmm. Mel, that was a great redirect, but I like it. Are, are you agreeing with think, us, Mel? I, I think that, with his question, he answered the question. You, but you're agreeing this is not settled. I think there's been a lot of assumptions early on one, two, quarterbacks. Oh, wow, there's the team that needs an offensive tackle, and there's the offensive tackle. And I, I, my sense is it's just not a done deal at all. I expect to be a little bit surprised at that spot. Okay. If they stay, I think I would bet right now Ramsey's the pick, but I I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm with Todd there. Mel? 
I can't disagree on Ramsey, but I think the trade possibility that would exist because of Miami. I had heard this about a week ago, Todd, that Miami wants Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I know that. And I'm a running back now. And if so, you really want him that badly, then you got to go to three to, to get yeah. to confirm it, or you can gamble and hope he yeah. gets so to Dallas five. Takes both and that would be the most yeah. Miami thing ever with this offseason, too, to just <laughs> jump up there and grab that running back. I'm excited for Mel's reaction if that happens. Because, you know, he loves when teams take running backs in the top five. And trade away a bunch of picks to go get one. Yep. Coming up, a last chance to get your draft questions in before Thursday's first round. That's coming up in a moment on the First Draft Podcast. Hashtag First Draft. That's the sound. Your questions are in. we got a whole pile of them. Not all hate tweets at us. There's actual questions, too. Jalen LeGrant at LeGrant asks, would Bosa at seven for the 49ers be a good pick? And could you see him fall that far, Todd? Yeah, yes. It's not, I mean, it's when I close my eyes and think of Bosa, I think of a 4-3 defensive end. It's not the greatest scheme fit, but they'd make it work. And I, it wouldn't shock me. Any one of those eight players outside of the two quarterbacks won't shock me if they wind up falling to 10. I mean, it's, it's a mixed bag. I like this question. And Mel, you can address this because sure. this happened. Last year, Todd has Bosa as one of the couple best players in this draft. Last year, you had Leonard Williams number one. Leonard Williams was there at six. We all said, you know, the Giants, that's a strength of their team, that defensive line. They said, forget it. Leonard Williams is that good of a player. They took him. Um, You know, and to Todd's point, at number seven, Joey Bosa, he really could be there. And maybe it's not a scheme fit, you know, on paper at least, is is that one of those where at that point you just say, screw it, this guy's too good, we'll figure it out? Yeah, the Jets knew they had issues coming up. You know, We have to see what still happens with Muhammad Wilkerson. But I think you look at, at uh, you know, Bosa getting past Baltimore, if he were there, if Ramsey were gone, if, he, if Ramsey does go three, I would pencil it, and Bosa doesn't go to Dallas. Uh, I just can't see Bosa get, Todd, I just cannot see anyone. I'll say it right now. I don't think there's any chance of Bosa getting past Dallas and Baltimore. Yeah, maybe not, but I, but there's – all right, so let's look at the scenario. You've got – let's say Ramsey goes three. Right. Four, pick you pick. Four, I would take Elliott there. Okay, so Elliott goes four. Yeah. Then five is Leonard, – Leonard Floyd. Okay, maybe. Leonard Floyd. So six, now you've got Bosa, but you also have Tunsil. Laramie Tunt. Thank you, right. so that's six. Yeah. Now, now, so he just very quickly got past four and six. I still say no. Oh, way you would have said, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I do think this. I think Jacksonville could trade out. That could be a spot for the left tackle. That could be a spot for Tennessee. Uh, if Floyd made me think that's a little rich at five for Floyd, I don't know. I'd heard Jacksonville could trade out. I heard Jacksonville uh, too, and I think Miles Jack is the unknown or you know some concern about potentially the knee. How much concern they have, or any team has. I'll say this on say. Miles Jack. When it comes down the week before the draft that a bunch of people are questioning a guy's cartilage, I'm like, well, somebody wants him in the jeans. Yeah. Yep, no question. Yeah. yeah, Guys. Or he really has an injury that the, the media was late to get to. So, I mean, mm. I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, I think it probably settles somewhere between sure. the two. I'm sure. Yeah. Guys, does Ole Miss, Casey Neely, at Casey Neely asked, does Ole Miss have better talent than Bama in this draft? And how risky, no. to that point, because, you know, the range is all over, how risky is Kem Dietschy? Where might he go? He's going to the draft, Todd. I keep hearing he can still go late first. I mean, Buffalo. Yeah, at 19, I have seen guys go to the draft and go in round three too. So yeah, Buff, Buffalo at nineteen, I think is the first. 
It's the first place where I've heard anything about a potential for Kimdichi to go. Just get him there and get hard knocks there. 26, 26 is Seattle, right? Yeah. I think everyone just puts him there because they've taken character risks. I think Arizona sitting at, what, 27? Is it 27? Arizona's at 29. 29. There you go. A couple picks later, possibility. I My gut tells me he still goes late first, but it won't shock me a bit if, like I said, we wake up day two and he's still on the board. What do you think, yeah. Mel? I think Alabama, uh, clearly, uh, with better overall talent. Remember, Engram went back, Tony Conner back, so some of those guys re- returned. Alabama, Tim Williams, who's going to be a – I'm sure Todd's going to do when he does his mock, which I love the mock that Todd does on Monday yeah. after the draft awesome. for next year's draft. He's I'm going sure one overall. He's an animal. I Tim love Williams. that guy. You're going to have Tim Williams pretty high. Uh, and of course, like he, he went back. O.J. Howard went perfect. back, yeah. uh, the tight end who finished strong. But you got Reed. you got you got the R's. you got the R, bro. you got Reed, Raglan, and Robinson all going in the first. you got – you know. I said Cyrus Jones probably second. Ryan Kelly is a first. Yeah, you, you got uh, you know, another second rounder in Derek Henry. You got Kenyon Drake with third, fourth round. You got Petway. Yeah, Dylan Lee. Yeah, Jackson Mullaney. Got some some day three guys for Ole Miss. You got Tunsil, Treadwell, Kimdichi, Core, Cooper, C.J. Johnson, and Elston. So uh, in terms of numbers and even at the top, Alabama gets the best of Ole Miss. Even though Ole Miss beat Alabama in them, uh, with their only loss. Only, yeah. The only game Jake Coker didn't start. Ole Miss beat them. So there you go. Guys, um, I think this is a, a reasonable question. I don't know how it's asked. Victor Rebel SGT Sparty asks, is there a chance Cleveland picks a quarterback in round two? Sure. Yeah. Or it could be their second pick. I, you know, I heard, uh, heard a lot more this weekend talking to teams than I expected about Lynch going to Cleveland, and maybe it's Cleveland moving back. Mm. Paxton Lynch, sorry, Memphis quarterback Paxton Lynch. Um, or moving forward, packaging some of those other six picks in the top 100 after they pick at eight. The, so it would be the five other picks, some of those picks, and, uh, and moving back up to go get him. He's fascinating. I think he's now, for me at least, one of the most interesting players in the draft because I think he's far away from being ready and needs to be developed. Um, I've got a mid second round grade on Paxton Lynch, but I see the physical tools. They're outstanding. You know, tall, six yeah. seven, mobile, big arm, all that stuff. So I don't know. I wouldn't do it, but uh but I've heard a little bit more. Hugh Jackson, who is the quarterback coach at Baltimore, when they drafted uh Flacco, sees some Flacco in Paxton Lynch. I, Todd, I was just gonna say when the when the Ravens drafted Flacco, mm-hmm. think about how they maneuvered in that draft. They went from late first they were actually early first to late first. That was a Derek Harvey trade. Jacksonville Got some picks Jackson, and then moved back up. Yeah, Jacksonville came way up to get Derek Harvey, defensive end from Florida. Baltimore moved way down. Then Baltimore jumped back up uh, into the middle of the first to get Flacco. So they were maneuvering to get Flacco. Cleveland's maneuvering now. And as you said, you got one the, of the only know, times a team's traded up yeah. into the first to go get a quarterback, and it's worked. What if Cleveland moved back down again? Got a few more picks, and then I mentioned it, I, I think and then we're like, what if, I mean, they could get them at 15, and then they said, hey, we just stacked up a bunch of picks. If you're going to do it, you yeah. might as well get a bunch of picks for it. I'm not condoning it or saying I yeah. would do it myself, but I, I, I think Tennessee moving up to that eight spot for a tackle is, is real. No, and I, I think Leonard Floyd's so hot right now that if you were to get to eight, that Chicago sitting there at 11 – uh, New Orleans at 12, they, the target is on the Giants' back. Everyone knows the Giants will take yeah. Leonard Floyd if he gets to 10. So if you want him, you better go give something, go get him. Cleveland is going to be listening to it maybe, and they they would hope a bunch of phone calls coming in when they're on the board. 
Yeah, I just think that, you know, there's a lot of talk now that if, if things stood as they are, that Cleveland could be the team that takes a quarterback in early round two. My point is, if you've added a bunch of assets, if you move down to 15 or 20 or something like that, then you say, you know what, we'll take a little bit of a value splurge here and take a guy like Lynch if you like him or, you know, or one of those guys because – Hey, we've we stacked up value everywhere else. So all I can say is if I'm the owner of the Cleveland Browns, Todd, I, and I'm the owner, and you're my general manager, and Sproul's my personnel director. Sounds like I would, a hell of a I would say to you there. two guys, I'm sitting here right now as the owner of the Browns, and mm-hmm. we brought in RG three because Hugh Jackson wanted them. You got five quarterbacks to evaluate, right? Mm-hmm. And a few more, but of those five. You mean to tell me you can't pick one and we can't get them? And because, you know, next year, the year after, who knows what Deshaun Watson and Brad Kaya and the year after with Josh Rosen, we don't know what they'll be. We're in a division with three excellent quarterbacks. Let RG3 go out there. Let our young quarterbacks sit while RG3's playing. Get him ready for 17 or 18. But get me a young quarterback. I would make it a something like an edict, whatever you want to say, I would become a dictator to say, Todd, I don't care who you guys take. Get me one of those guys because you're not going to sit here and tell me all five of those guys aren't very good. There's well, no way you're telling me that. We already passed on one Carson Wentz, so you're saying isn't all that good. So you better find me one of the other guys. Well, given RG3's injury history, it's not like drafting a quarterback just based on raw depth chart need. Well, McCown's still there. Here. Yeah. No, I know. I, I, I agree with your point. As as your uh, general manager, as you just pointed out, I'm I'm willing to take that. Well, you were uh, personnel director. Philosophically, I understand what you're saying, but what if I just don't really like the other three? Todd, the interesting thing is if you're the GM yeah. and I'm the personnel director, the funny thing is Mel's going to have like uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Who's a guy that wants to you know bloody your nose? I'm trying to think of who our head coach is going to be. That's going to be some room. Who's our head coach, Mel? Who's so our head coach? How, I mean, you're so far off the rails right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get through from. a mailbag. That's good. That's good. Uh, I'm just trying to get Bella back on the jet. Put, put it this way. The lick would be better if the Marty Schottenheimer's the worst. I love Marty Schottenheimer. Most underrated coach person. of all time. Hey, he's uh, some bad luck just prevented uh, yep. the Browns. Can somebody hold on to ball. the ball for that guy in the playoffs? You can't stop a, you know, you know. Uh, I'll give this one to I'll give this one to Todd. Our, our last question here: Ao Scotty at Ao Scotty fifty two. Why is Paxton Lynch not a top fifteen talent? This guy must have read your piece today, where you say that he has a stronger arm maybe than Cardale Jones, Todd. Yeah, and I also said it, I thought he was a little bit overrated compared to where you know based off of where I'm hearing he's going to go. Uh, what's the question? Why is he not a top fifteen talent he, with all those physical traits? He uh, comes from a system. That is very simplified, let's just say. Mm-hmm. He's got to learn, like he didn't huddle. They've shotgun, tempo, coaches looking over the coaches, check with me before the snap. Has to learn. No, we're looking at a big picture. He is awesome. It's an awesome photo from high school. That bow tie is sick. It gets underrated. What are um, you talking about? I, it's, we just it's, wanted to have you in the studio with us. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sproul pulled it up. Just okay. to, it, that was from 1978, Todd. I was one. You <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I swear to God, I was born in 77. Um, so anyway, he just he has developing to do. There's plenty of tools to develop him, and that's why you know, you've got to kind of figure out as an organization, do you have the things in place? Not just a veteran quarterback, but a quarterback coach you believe in and a system that you think he's going to fit into. And that, that, to me, is as important as anything. You know, I talked to – one last thing I'll say. 
talked to a team on Saturday. They only have 15. I have 22 first-round grades. They only have 15, which I guess makes sense because some guys scheme-wise don't fit what you want to do, but only 15 first-round grades in this draft. Todd's final Todd's final ranking of players comes out uh, in the next. Oh, I finished it. Yeah, it's finished. We got to get Miller. Mel's I'm final done. rankings of players. I got it today. Five different times he filed. That was nice. It's um, because Scott Miller forwarded a mine and he had to tweak some stuff. Yeah, and I haven't some seen tweets. any of your ratings, McShay. We will have final mock drafts from these gentlemen. I know I'm headed to Chicago tomorrow. Hey, guess who's coming to Chicago with us? Oh, this is big news. What? I'm just kidding. I was going to say Caliendo is going to be sitting next to us, Todd. Oh, really? He's been quiet this draft season, though. So far, I haven't heard from Frank. I got to get him a right? call, see where he is. Nah, yeah, it's fine. I got to get him a call, see where he's going to be. Yeah, on check draft in on today. Francis. I can tell you, maybe he can do a couple of radio shows for me after the draft. Yeah. All right. Well, for the millions of millions of you tuning into this, including all the representatives from uh, Take Five, Todd. Jeez, here we go. Uh, Did you bring me one today? <laughs> no, I'm it's actually upset fun. about it. I was going to see who was going to make I'm the move. I'm hungry, too. I'm starving. I might go get one. All right. uh, this will be the last taping of this podcast before the NFL draft. Exactly a week from today, the reaction show grades Todd's famous best picks, riskiest picks and I got, for every There's team. a rumor going around that McShay's grading the draft this year, grading teams. No, uh, no. no i got to do a mock draft. I, I, How about if I do the mock draft and you grade them? No. No, I was given when I – signed a contract several years ago i had to pick one evil and i chose the mock draft over grading teams really yeah, yeah. so for one year you just wouldn't let me do the mock draft and you do the grades no i would feel nah. so dirty i feel really dirty doing a mock draft anyway but the uh the reaction show we'll do a week from today Sprout i know hates us for talking like this these two gentlemen are back uh to do the grades show on uh next sunday and from there you're kind of free I mean, two young children yeah, and we've been countless responsibilities. I think we've built up a couple extra credit hours. Yeah. Mel. <laughs> yes, sir. Always a pleasure. I will see you in Chicago tomorrow. I'm really excited to see what you do to Chicago-style pizza. Uh, no cheese. And we'll see how that works out. NFL draft, what, about 72 hours away. Final first drafts until then. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chris Sproul, Mel, Todd. That's it. Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.